You're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number two, brought to you by actionfigureblues.com. I'm Scott, and with me tonight are... Ben. Eli. And Andy. We're four guys living in Australia who collect action figures, statues, and other items from the worlds of comics and pop culture, and we like them so much, we made this podcast just to talk about them. Tonight, our toy of the week is the Hot Toys Predators Classic Predator, and our discussion topic is, Are You Out as a Collector? Hello, everyone. You are listening to Action Figure Blues. We made it for a second podcast. I think we're just recording this one to make sure that we're not the one-hit wonders of the podcast world. Um, But we are really glad to be back, and we are also glad to be welcoming our fifth host, Andy. Hello, Andy. G'day. How you going? Good, thanks. Now, now Andy might have been the last of our regular hosts to join us, but by no means is he last in the, the AFB order. Andy actually was one of the first people to join the forum, one of the first admins on the forum, and we're really glad to have him here. So, Andy, do you want to tell our listeners something really brief about yourself before we move on? Something brief. Well, I've been a collector for many years, like most of us. Um, I've actually had the pleasure of working in some feature films such as Star Wars and The Matrix. Never heard of them. So I got a bit of insight from that side. Were those big films? Uh, I never heard of those. Yeah, apparently. Okay, right. Apparently. I got paid, so that's all that matters. Awesome. And, uh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm a DC fan, I'm a sci-fi fan, and uh, I am not the fifth Beatle. The fifth <laughs> Beatle made no money and had no fame, uh, so I'd like to see, think of myself as the fifth musketeer, if anything. Excellent. Well, we are very glad to have Andy joining us on our rotating panel of hosts tonight. And how's everybody else? Ben and Eli, how are you doing this evening? Very oh, well. I'm just very all... peachy. <laughs> I've got a question for you two guys, having had an episode and had a chance to listen back to it. What was it like hearing yourself on a podcast? How, how did you go hearing yourself with your voice recorded? Oh, I think I suffered from that, that standard effect of, that doesn't sound like me at all. I mean, <laughs> I mean yeah, look, the, the sexy undertones were there, but um, oh. no, I wasn't convinced. Yeah, I um, it wasn't uh, how I remembered the last time I heard myself recorded, so it was it was okay. It was okay. The the one effect of I've always hated listening to my voice recorded, but the one effect of having edited it and listened to it so much is that I kind of got over it, and and my voice just sounded like me in the end. So I don't know if I'm delusional or not, but it was uh, good to have done. And, and thank you out there very much for your support of us. It has been fantastic to receive your feedback and your support. We will we'll have some feedback from episode one at the end, but we really do appreciate the time that people have taken um, either to give us some constructive feedback or just to wish us well. We, we really are doing this not just so that we can have fun, but so that you can enjoy it as well. And we really hope that you continue to listen and continue to give us some feedback as we go along. Now, 
as we do, we are going to start off this evening with some news. There's been some interesting things happening in the collecting world this week. We'll be right back in a moment with our articulated news. Impossible. The Hall of Justice under attack. Batman behind bars. New from Kenner's Superpowers Collection. Hall of Justice playset. Some assembly required. Vehicles and figures sold separately. We start each episode with the news, and this week all of our news comes from the same place, and that, of course, is the New York Toy Fair. It's one of the biggest events on the action figure and collectibles calendar, and each of us are going to take a moment to reflect on our favorite bits of news or announcements from Toy Fair this year. So, Andy, let's start with you. What did you find most interesting from the announcements at New York? Well, there's plenty of good stuff, but... um. One thing that really struck me is uh, my son is a mad Lego collector and um, because of this I can live vicariously through him and just bolster up his collection rather than have one of my own. And um, it was very exciting to learn that Lego's uh, announced the Lord of the Rings licence for the movie. So um, they premiered um, eight new sets at uh, New York. Um, Gandalf arrives, which was Gandalf in his wagon with Frodo showing up at Hobbiton. Um, <laughs> Sheila attacks, which of course is the giant spider that Sam and Frodo fight. And you also get Gollum in that set, and he's the best looking figure of the lot. Uh, Yurakai Army, which is a bit of a battle set with some Yuruks. Attack on Weathertop, which uh, involves some Nazgul as well as Aragorn and two of the Hobbits. Mines of Moria, which is one of my fave sets, of course. Um, Gimli's a standout one in that set. Uh, Battle of Helm's Deep, which is probably the biggest set so far. Um, lots of figures in that one, lots of accessories. And the Orc Forge, which, of course, is from um, Saruman's Stronghold. So really good sets, really well done. They've got the Hobbit license as well, so I'm hoping to see lots and lots of Lord of the Rings. My son's already saving madly for these first sets. <laughs> hey, sorry, can I just... Um, they vary in size. Like, they do. The, they do. The yeah. traditional Lego effort of you know the the cheap set that that retails for twenty bucks right through to the. That's uh, it. Like the Gandalf set and the Shelob set and the Urukai set are all quite small sets, and then you go into the bigger battle sets, more figures, um, bigger 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 um, scenery and what have you. Um, Lego is of course same quality as always. Um, they've also got plenty of new Star Wars stuff, both from the Clone Wars and from uh, the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy, of course, which comes under the, I'd say, comes under the prequel banner. So plenty of new sets, some miniature sets that they, um, they actually, uh, oh, what did they call them again? Yeah, uh, planets. So basically, a little planet with a little play set in them. Mm. Um, there's one with an ATST. There's the Naboo Starfighter, Sabulba's Pob Racer, a tie interceptor. So they're covering both trilogies. It's hard um, to imagine that it's hard to imagine that Lego, you know, nearly went out of business at one point before they started picking up licenses for everything. Now now they seem um, to have a finger in every every pie. Their licensing fees must be obviously nowhere near their profits, but they still must be pretty significant. That's it. And they've picked up the DC license and the Marvel license and you know, it just goes from strength to strength. And as I said, I'm glad I don't have to collect it. My boy can collect it for me and I can just enjoy it vicariously through him. So <laughs> it's a big win in my book. You can't go wrong with Lego. It lasts forever. Do, do you find um, Lego easy to to find in Australia? Like the the licensed Lego? With... I don't have a big drama with it. We've always managed to find. Unfortunately, we live in a regional area, so... 
basically uh, we have to travel to the larger towns to find stuff. But uh, we've managed to find every set we've ever wanted, you know. You like how we say we? I, I do. Boy buys. Yes. But uh, I, I tend to finance it a bit, as you do. But, and, um, and do your horses find it difficult to carry it all back to home or...? Are you, are you up to cars where you live? Is that so? Sorry, I <laughs> zing. Uh, he's, he's giving that a go. Keep trying, mate. Keep trying. One day you'll get there. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't help but pay Andy out for li- living in a regional area, which is very cruel, I know, but it, it, it's fun. <laughs> but I wasn't actually just asking that from a regional perspective, though. I, you know, for Eli and Ben as well, I don't collect Lego, so I don't know how readily available these licensed sets are. I tell you now, between if you compare Lego to say DC Universe Classics or even Marvel Legends, um, I, as I said, I guarantee I can find every set that uh, we want in okay. one of the stores here. And, and you can even, if you have to, out of the other lines. And if Sorry? you have to go to, if you have to go to eBay, you, you can always find it on a shop in Australia as well. You don't have to be importing exactly. it from it, overseas. It's never a big struggle to find. Oh, maybe I should start collecting Lego instead of some of this yeah, other stuff. <laughs> yeah. Anything else, Andy, for you that, that stuck out from New York? Uh, no, not much else for me. I mean, I don't collect uh, DC Universe classics, so, uh, but I like seeing what they've got and seeing where they're going with direction on that. Um, Marvel Legends I'm not really into, so the Lego was the big one for me. Great. Um, I got a got a bit of a throw out of naked but ben's going to talk about all about that so i'm not going to say a word okay well ben why don't you take over then what stood out for you um well one of the things i was really quite um excited about was more of a rumor than anything there, there was no um, official announcement i, I cannot confirming. confirm or deny whether or not they're making an action figure of me yet so but uh, no, unless that's not what you meant no. uh, action uh, wouldn't be the operative word would it uh, mm. <laughs> Sorry, there's the riposte. <laughs> Hyper-articulated, of course. Anyway, go, go ahead, Ben. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> but um, the, the rumour that, that started to circulate, and I'm yet to actually find any uh, any truth to it, but because it was on the internet, it must be true, um, <laughs> is that Nika is got... Uh, they had the licence to make the Colonial Marines from Aliens. Uh, and in addition to that, there was the suggestion that they will also finally uh, do a Queen Alien. They have actually done the aliens from all of the films uh, at one stage or another because they all vary slightly in their design. But uh, for me, that's pretty exciting, uh, the thought of getting a Queen Alien in that scale. Um, so and you're talking the, so, the individual characters from Aliens, the Marines? What's, um, what, what's really Colonial Marines sure. mean? Sorry, Colonial Marines is from the James Cameron Aliens film. Yeah. So Hicks and Hudson. Okay, yeah, that's what I was asking. Scares those guys. Wow, fantastic. So, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty amazing. So, uh, look, I'm sure we've got um, probably at least a dozen NECA employees listening to the podcast by now. So um, feel free to write <laughs> in uh, and, and, you know, give us the official, official news on that. So... Uh, on the flip side, Nika was a bit disappointing. There wasn't any new announcement for things like Gears of War 3. Uh, there are actually unmade figures in that um, in that line, but we didn't see anything new uh, from that, so that was um, that was a bit disappointing. Hmm. But um, 
Then flip side again, I mean, uh, obviously there was all the new stuff um, from TMNT, et cetera, but um, Marvel Legends, I, I, I was really, Marvel Legends is my line. I was really excited to see what we would get from that. But um, I have to say, guys, you, you really let me down. Um, they debuted two figures, two prototypes, um, of course, um, you know, those being ones we saw prototypes in their, like, white cast form. In fact, I don't think they were even now. I think they were just shown in a presentation, and that was the US agent. Um, who I have to admit, looks he actually looks pretty good. He does look and good, yes. Yeah, he's, he's got that sort of grin, that, 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 um, that sort of menacing grin that, that really differentiates him from Captain America. And, of course, the other one was Blade, and this version of Blade is... I don't know, to me, he kind of has that, that look from the series that Bart Sears was doing, and so he, he really differs from the Wesley Snipes one we got in Wave 5. So I'm quite happy to put him into my collection and, and retire Wesley. Um, but other than that, there was really nothing new to display. So we saw two prototypes from figures that we knew were coming back in July last year. Uh, and other than that, it was mere rumours. There was suggestion at a presentation that we might be getting Hyperion, um, Which is pretty exciting. Also... That that's. I mean, I, I agree they didn't give us as much as you would have liked. But I, I love Squadron Supreme. That original um, Mark Greenwald miniseries is, I think, one of the yeah the best miniseries that I've ever read. It's still some of my favorite comics. And so, getting classic Squadron Supreme figures, if we do get more than Hyperion, is pretty exciting. It is, but then it, now that we've been burnt by DC Universe Classics, all I can do is sit there and go, well, what are the chances that we'll then get Power Princess and what are the chances we'll then get Dr. Spectrum? And True. So, look, yeah, we do have a Hyperion. Um, he was on my list of figures to customise, so um, if they do a good job, I'll, I'll happily uh, remove him from the list. So, But other than that, uh, Marvel Universe was a bit of a... Oh, sorry, Marvel Legends was a bit of a letdown. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, enough negativity from me. We'll uh, move on and um, and get an update from Eli. Yeah, um, on the subject of uh, Marvel, um, the we saw the Nightcrawler and Storm figures from Marvel Select. Oh dear. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they're a little bit, little bit mixed. The the Nightcrawler doesn't look that special. The head the head sculpt looks a bit. Um, I don't know from. It, look, it kind of looks like from a movie that was never made. Yeah, or I'm really hoping that's a prototype. And, but at the same time, you know, who actually needs another one in addition to the Marvel Legends one? I think that one's kind of pretty spot on. Yeah. Um, Storm, on first glance, I didn't really dig at all. I think it's it's just the cape is the hard thing to to get around. But um, on closer inspection, I actually think it's potentially going to be a real winner. It's, it's that classic look that I've been looking forward to get, not really liking the Marvel Legends version that I've seen. So it's not too bad. Um, the, I, w- I was going to say about that, I think that the Marvel Select females have never been fantastic. I think probably the best one to me would be the, um, the Jean Grey Marvel Girl, and that's not fantastic but there's something that's always been a little bit awkward about the the neck of those that made the heads look a little bit you know kind of hunched and i didn't think that storm looked any you know worse than any of the other marvel select figures but i agree i think that that cape is a a difficult thing to to bring to life and if they can get something that goes along with the other x-men that they are doing 
you know, it'll at least help complete the set, if not be a fabulous figure. Exactly. That, that's the first thing I thought. As soon as I saw the two of them, I thought, well done. You, there's an acknowledgement there of completing that sort of X-Men 94 first appearance set. Um, you know, they'll fit in nicely with Colossus. So, yep, well done. Anything else for you, Eli? Hmm. Uh, I was actually quite surprised by the um, DCD, uh, DC Direct, there, um, the DC New Justice League figures. Um, I think we've seen the Batman one previously in solicits, but um, actually getting a full look of the team with Green Lantern, Aquaman, Flash, Wonder Woman, Superman. And um, I'm actually quite taken by the, the Flash and the Wonder Woman and the, the Superman ones in particular. And, and, you know, Aquaman doesn't look too bad himself. <laughs> I think but, the, Aquaman's my guy, obviously, but I, I, yeah. thought, I think he looks fantastic. Yeah, I think they're, you know, like, I have no intention of reading that comic, but uh, these are obviously based on Jim Lee art, um, and I, th- I, th- I think they look really nice. I'm looking forward to picking up one or two of these. I actually, you know, I've gotten over Flash's chin strap, whatever thing it is. <laughs> Maybe I might be able to customise that out or not, I'm not sure, but... Mm. Um, is this, is this the Flash with the weird yellow piping on his costume? No, that's no. Flashpoint Flash. So that's um, DC Universe Classics have got a version of that coming out for some reason. I think okay, please, please, please feel free to edit that out, but I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, look, there's absolutely no chance that that's going out, Ben. We need all the evidence that we can that, you know, it, when, when you don't know things, because you've got the most encyclopedic knowledge of figures and comics of all of us, so if you ever get something wrong, we need to have it on record for sure. <laughs> excellent, excellent. That's great. Thanks, I, uh, I, I did think um, that those DC Direct figures look fantastic. I mean, you can always count on DC Direct for you know, pretty decent sculpts and for more individual tooling than what you'll get from DCUC. The one thing that's really been bugging me about DC Direct lately is that they have gotten rid of um, flesh paint and instead they're casting the figures in the flesh tone. And Mm. I really think that that cheapens um, the look of the figures. They've been doing it for a number of waves now, not just for the Caucasian flesh tone, but even in the Green Lantern wave with Sinestro and Saranik Natu. Um, the figure was cast in that, you know, kind of purplish um, plastic, and it really takes something away, and I don't think it fits the price point of a DC Direct figure, but I still would be much more inclined to buy DC Direct um, figures from the new 52 than to buy you know, the cookie-cutter uh, DC All-Stars figures in, in those, and I, I agree that they did look good. Mm. There was um, there was a Batman figure that we saw, and I'm not sure any of us sort of worked out what it was meant to be. But it looked like a cross between a statue and a premium format figure with with actual fabric um, costume, um, but posed in a way that looked like it was you know a statue. Um, did anybody figure out what that was? No, I, I had a bit of a look, and I didn't find anything to say officially what it was, but uh, it's certainly nicely done. Yeah, it's a good-looking piece. It is, but considering that Sideshow is doing premium format figures of the new 52, and they've already teased Batman, I really don't understand why DC Direct would be trying to go down that road as well. Mm, maybe we'll find out more soon. Yeah, it did It, it did look like a, a very good piece. Mm. It, 
Anything else for you, Eli? Uh, I think the other big thing, and uh, I think we can only really touch on it, but um, was all the Playmates, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle stuff. They, um, we've seen some previous shots of, of upcoming products, um, some redoing of the uh, the classic sort of look of the figures, and also a whole bunch of um, figures and accessories and playsets coming out for the upcoming uh, cartoon. Um, and they're looking pretty fantastic. The the classics have got looks like they're going to have some fantastic articulation the modern versions that um, they're also showing look great and I think there was a there was a video unboxing of one of the figures they were giving away at the at the toy fair and um, yeah, it looks pretty cool as well not quite as articulated but um, I think there'll be a lot for um, our uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fans out there uh, over the next um, say year a year and a half I'm really quite amazed at the positive vibes that have been coming out of the announcements for the new Ninja Turtles stuff. Like the, the, the net is just buzzing and everybody is just over the moon. Like it's uh, the, the feedback has been fantastic. Everyone thinks the, the figures look amazing. Um, I've heard, you know, person after person commit the, to getting the line. So, um, yeah, they're, they're, they've come back in a big way and they're, they're really um, hitting the market. Yeah, which is, I guess the best result for uh, well the next best result for people like um, me and you who grabbed all the Nika uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and we're just going well where's Shredder where are our foot soldiers where are all these other figures so um, it's good news yeah it is and the one thing I think is, is going to really help this line along is um, obviously the turtles people are going to go for them but I mean if the price point is right uh, things like the foot soldier aren't going to last either because people are going to want to pick up sort of half a dozen of those as well. So hopefully, you know, for each wave, they, they really will get a, um, a fair hit by fans and, and that will obviously is what they need to, to keep the series going. I have to say that um, I've been really surprised not being a, a real Turtles fan by how excited, you know, people are. To me, it seemed like something that, you know, might have been done in terms of toys but people are seem to be really excited about these so that that's good and hopefully we we have seen that there is a australian distributor for these new toys but it's someone i've never heard of so hopefully they will actually get it out there and um, make them accessible to us yeah it does make me a bit nervous because we've had uh, situations before where australian distributors have picked up licenses but then have never actually distributed the figures. Just because that doesn't mean they, they successfully get them into stores um, and into collectors' hands. So we shall see. Yes. Um, the main things that really stood out for me were, first of all, um, you know, Mattel's uh, DC Club Infinite Earth subscription. We have waited a really long time for any new news about what was coming from that, really since San Diego last year. We haven't had any figure reveals, and I think that everyone like myself who did invest in that were pretty keen to see what they were going to come up with. And I have to say that I was really happy with what they um, announced, particularly the fact that um, they're going ahead with the Metal Men, so we are getting Platinum, we are getting Tin in a two-pack. Um, How good you know, it's fantastic. I, I do hope that they, uh, you know, being nitpicky, that they, they do end up being slightly different colours. They look like they were painted the same to me, but they should be slightly different um, hues. But I, I thought the sculpts were fantastic. I'm really happy to to have them. Um, 
the Mirror Master I thought was really solid, um, but I did notice that he comes with two weapons and only one open fist to be able to hold them, uh, so, which is a bit a bit of a um, consistent Mattel sin. You know, sometimes we get weapons with two fists and not able to hold them, so we did put that in as a question for the next round of Ask Maddie whether or not they might um, change that, but still great to see the Flash Rogues going. I don't know what other people thought about Mirror Master. I think... Uh, uh, yeah. I'm- I was just going to say, I think, I think it is, it is good. I mean, I don't think I'm going to be picking this one up, but um, uh, the collar is a little bit clunky. The, I think it's, it really looks like he's got a tire around his neck. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's all the rage for supervillains these days, and you know. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> then we also had uh, the black mask, which is a, a modern age version and probably a fairly cheap figure for them to make because they've already got the suit buck so it's just a head sculpt but still you know to me that I read a lot of complaints that it was modern age but to me it was a figure a character that I wasn't expecting and you know that that's what I really want from a subscription I don't want you know just the same characters over and over I don't want just the predictable characters I want those characters that make you stop and go oh wow I didn't think they'd make him so you know I think he's good from that perspective speaking of characters you didn't think they'd make Rocket Red. Yes. <laughs> now I have to say I was so excited to see they were making Rocket Red that I didn't click um connect that it was the modern age one until um, I saw everybody else complaining about it. Um, I don't know if it was 100% clear if it was a regular figure or an oversized figure. Did you pick that up? Uh, I've, I've heard some talk that they've um, re- reused some pieces from, like, um, Adam Smasher okay. and possibly the feet, maybe Stell or something. But um, So I, we can assume it's it's larger. Yep. I the the modern age um, Rocket Red comes from the Justice League Generation Lost miniseries that um, went alongside Brightest Day, which I loved. I thought it was fantastic, um, and the the Rocket Red character in there, who's a, a fellow called Gavril, is the best character in it. Judd Winnick, I think, did a fantastic job with that miniseries. I think it's a real shame that they didn't allow him to carry on with it in the in the new Fifty Two. So. I am really happy to be getting that character, but obviously there are a lot of people who, whenever they've been asking for Rocket Red, they've been asking for the Justice League International version who are really disappointed with um, the modern age one being chosen. Oh, look, I mean, I, I can really understand why fans are not happy. Uh, it's it's like picking a character who's had, say, two incarnations, uh, has spent one of those incarnations for 90% of the time, and you know the other for just the ten percent, and then you you get a figure who's had ten percent of the appearances, and uh, I, and I can see why people are pissed. But um, I mean, I, I don't know. We never seem to get that definitive answer from from Maddie as to to why they make those decisions. I'm sure it'll be some really generic answer along the lines of, well, you know, this version is appealing to both you know classic fans and and those people who are new to the DC universe, and you know the usual sort of answer that they'll give. So. But, I mean, look, I prefer the classic. I really wanted Dimitri. But at the same time, if it's a, if it's a unique character that I can continue to build my universe, uh, I'll take it. Um, and, uh, and, look, Black Mask wouldn't have been in my, in my top 10 or even my top 20, but he's a, a unique Batman villain. I can add him to the universe. So I, I was pretty happy with the, uh, the reveals. 
Uh, uh, to me, I would think that the modern age Rocket Red it has to be a, a DC thing. You know, they're obviously keen to see their new you know and designs wherever possible. Um, you know, I, I would hope that Mattel would have had a sense of what people were hoping for with Rocket Red and that they're doing this because it's what DC said they had to do. I, I hope that that's the answer. I'm going to be happy with it. Those things don't really tend to bother me. You know, I tend to be more on the side of, oh, cool, I've got Rocket Red in, in my collection as opposed to it's not exactly the right one, but you know, I can definitely see the, the other point of view. Um, the other thing that really excited me, not that I'm never going to be able to own them, was in the Hasbro panel they uh, showed two vehicles that are going to come out alongside the Avengers movie toys, um, which is that we're finally going to get a Avengers Quinjet and also a S.H.I.E.L.D. helicarrier. Now, the uh, Quinjet... You know, I, I doubt that we'll, well, well, you never know. We might see it in Australia. You never know with movie toys what we will get. I, you know, I'd be kind of surprised if we see it, but it is something that's probably you know, within the realm of possibility to get over here if we can't buy it locally. Um, I'm not going to be collecting the Avengers uh, movie toys, certainly not the three and three quarter figures, but it will go fantastically with the Marvel Universe toys which I do collect. Uh, it looks fantastic. It has a clip on the outside so that you can have Iron Man flying alongside it, which I think is just fantastic. And even though I don't have space in my display for vehicles, I can really see myself buying that. The helicarrier is absolutely over the top. It's three feet long. Um, it, they said it, it will be able to hold every character or every toy they're going to make from the Avengers line. So that that's going to be something that's going to be very pretty to look at, but certainly not going to fit in my collection. But huge props to them for actually taking the plunge and making it. Yeah, yeah, I think they're all talk. Hasbro, you want to impress me? Bring out a heli carrier from my Marvel Legends. <laughs> <laughs> right. You, you, you've heard us, Hasbro. You know what you have to do to impress Ben. We'll, we'll expect it for Christmas. Thank you. Anything else in the news section before we move on, guys? Gosh, I think that's uh, that's oh, a <laughs> Well, it was a big event, so, you know, deserves a, a bit of notice. I think we had a pretty good stab at that. Well done, everyone, and we will be back in a moment with our Toy of the Week. You can make them fly or jump or crash your wall. Superhero action figures over seven inches tall. Each sold separately. Superman, Batman, Incredible Hulk. You can make them do their thing. Even make Spider-Man slide down a string. Lots of action for one and all. Action figures over seven inches tall. These superhero action figures each sold separately. Batman, Superman, Incredible Hulk, and Spider-Man each sold separately by Mego. Now it's time for one of our regular features, which is Toy of the Week. Each week on the podcast, we take turns looking at a toy or a collectible from our collection, something new, something old, something that we like. Maybe sometimes we might even talk about something that we don't like, but I know that the Toy of the Week today is a favorite or a near favorite of one of our hosts. I'm going to hand over to Andy, and he's going to share with us. Go for it, Andy. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Scott. Um... What I'm reviewing this week is uh, the Predator, the classic Predator, they call it, from the uh, Predators movie. Now, if you're familiar with the Predators movie at all, uh, there were three main antagonists, which are referred to as the Super Predators. They're a larger, more nastier Predator. You'd almost call them steroid-enraged-type Predators. And I thought that was Ben. 
Let's let's not go there. Okay, ready. I'm sorry. You, you can't see me, but I'm like hitting the most muscular pose right now. <laughs> oh, and uh, there was another predator in it, and this is the predator that this toy is based on. Now, um, this predator actually ended up fighting on the side of Royce, who's the main human character of the movie. They refer to him as classic predator because what they've done, they basically based his design around Sorry, the can original. Sorry, clarify, we're talking a Hot Toys Predator. That's correct. Okay, go on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> basically, um, they based him on the Predator from the original 1987 movie. There are some differences, but basically it was a nod to the original design. That was the whole point of it, and they've done a wonderful job. Now, he's a big fella. He's 14 inches tall. He's part of the new buck design that Hot Toys are using for their Predators. It's a, it's a more bulky body. They've gotten rid of the, um, the torso twist joint, I guess you'd call it. Um, he comes with a ton of accessories. He's very poseable. I can't quite get those deep poses that you could with the older Hot Toys Predators that I've seen. Unfortunately, I've never been able to own one because... I'm quite a new bit hot toy that I've been collecting the last couple of years. But all the pictures I've seen of the older ones, they were more poseable. But these newer ones, they just they just look better as far as I'm concerned. Um, now, he comes with a lot of accessories and a lot of options. You can actually have him with his uh, biomask on. There's also a battle damage biomask. And then his mandibles, you've got two set. You can either have a closed mouth or open mouth. So lots of possibilities there. Oh, wow. Uh, so two, two separate bits two of separate the face. Parts. Yeah. Wow. And it's quite the way they've designed it. You actually remove the mandibles, and there's actually a piece within the mask that locks into where the mandibles go. So it actually fits quite securely. So Hot Toys have really spent a lot of time thinking about that and have done a great job. Now, he comes with a few sets of hands for different posing options. Um, he's also got an LED for the laser sight on his mask, which is pretty mean. It looks fantastic. And he's also got, on his wristband, he's got two options for an LED display. Now, if you've seen the movie, you see him communicating with Royce and he does a little search with his little holographic function, shows the universe, and then he shows the planet Earth to show Royce that he knows what he's talking about and if he helps him, he'll get him back to Earth. So that's a really clever feature. He also comes with a display base, which is unusual for toys. Usually they just give the standard 12-inch figure stand. But this one they've actually supplied a, a really nice base with a couple of skulls on it and a, uh, a skin that's left out for tanning, I suppose you'd say, from some poor beast they've killed. <laughs> that's nice. But the only problem I see with this is it doesn't blend with the other stands of the other figures. So although he looks fantastic on it, it doesn't really marry up with all the others. So it's a great idea. I'd love to see Hot Toys do it more often. But um, unfortunately, when if you want to impose him with the other Preds from the movie and use stands, it's not going to blend. So how recently was this Predator released? Well, he was actually... He was, I've had, had him on pre-order for nearly six months. Oh, my goodness. Um, so he was actually solicited last year, and he started trickling through at the start of this year. I only got mine a week ago, so... Oh, week, week and a half ago, anyway. And um, But uh, that's typical for Hot Toys, as in Sideshow. They give you plenty of advance notice and, and gives you a chance to pre-order or think about it or save for it, whatever your options may be. 
If you are to direct them direct from Sideshow, they've got a flex pay often option, which means you can pay it off over time. But um, this Pred is definitely my favourite. Now, I've, I've got four Predator figures at the moment from Hot Toys. I've got this guy, I've got the Shadow, I've got the Berserker, and I've got Machiko Noguchi, which is the human character from the Dark Horse comic that ends up fighting alongside the Predators. You mean you haven't bought the $3,500 Elder Predator that's so readily available on eBay? Well, wait, I'm waiting for Ben to buy it for me. He's yeah, look, I have to confess, I, I, I hit the button and I've added it to my collection. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he is by far my favourite. He's a good nod to the original character, but he is not the original character. Lots of people are customising him to look like the original. But um, I think as a standalone Predator and as a nod to Stan Winston's fantastic design, he's the best one to own. I really do. Um, he still isn't my number one Hot Toys figure. That still goes to my Wesley Snipes Blade figure, which was actually my very first Hot Toys figure. Wow. I just can't beat him as far as I'm concerned, but... But um, this is this is well worth it. If you love Predators at all and you only want to own one, I'd suggest this guy right here. There's so plenty of options, tons of accessories. You can't go wrong. Thank you, Andy. Sorry? Now, Ben, I believe that you actually own this Predator as well. I do, I do. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he, I think, I'm not sure what the, I think the recommended retail price on this guy is about 220 US. And I'm sure if you hunted around, you'd probably find him a, a little bit cheaper. Some of those online places will give you that sort of, you know, 5% off. But Sideshow are, are very clever because in addition to the flex pay option, when they distribute through Hot Toys, uh, as most people probably know, you always get that little something extra, that little exclusive. And one of the things they've been doing consistently with their Hot Toys Predators um, exclusives is, uh, as most people know, Predators take trophies in the form of skulls and things like that. And um, with most of the Predators, you get some kind of alien skull as the exclusive. And at first, I wasn't particularly interested. It's like, sure, yeah, it's just another accessory. But each skull is just that little bit different. It's, a, it's another type of alien that the Predator has conquered. And when you start to line these guys up and you get the exclusive skulls, they, they really do start to stand out. So mm. uh, I would rather go through Sideshow, go the flex pay option and get the exclusive. It's, um, I think it's just that worth that little bit more. I do like the way that um, Hot Toys are starting to move towards the more involved bases. I understand what you're saying, Andy, that if it's part of a line, that it may make it stand out. Um, but the, those little figure stands with the um, crotch prongs, I call them, that um, yeah. you know, go in, you know, are really pretty. Um, I mean, they're, they're good if you're displaying a lot, but you know, for someone who doesn't have very many, like you know, myself, having something a little bit more special to give it a bit more of a diorama feel, I, I do like that, and I think it's probably oh, exactly. worth I it. I agree. And I think I for the agree. price point as well, it's probably worth it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's brilliant. I think it's a great idea. But um, uh, it's just, as I said, there are four Predators in that movie. If you want to display them together, it's sort of it's a bit out of place. But I love the idea. I hope Hot Toys do it a lot more. But I also find the Hot Toys figures, I own several Sideshow figures as well, Hot Toys figures stand very well without stand, much better than the Sideshow ones. Right. Um and I'm looking at Ben's ones right now, and they're all standing without stands beautifully. So 
Um, the one thing you notice, these guys are just so heavy, like the Hot Toys oh, figures, yeah. especially the Predators, because they are a bigger figure. I mean, the Berserker is gigantic. Mm. Um, these things are huge hunks of plastic. They really uh, are quite large. And, um, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, once you give the knee joints a little bit of a bend, they uh, they stand up just fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're very stable. Much better than the Sideshow, definitely. Excellent. Anything else that you want to add about your Predator, Andy? About mine, it's mine and you can't have it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, uh, as I said, if, if you have any interest in Predators at all and you'd love to have just one Predator in your collection, I would recommend this guy here. He's a beautiful nod to Stan Winston's design and really go for it. If that's the one. As Ben said, you can get him from around 220 Mine cost a bit less than that. I didn't buy mine from the Sideshow, but... Um, shop around, you can still get the deals. They're still out there, but they're not going to be out there for long because I know this is the best-selling Predator that I've, I've seen from Sideshow as far as um, um, speed of sales, basically. Sellouts. It's really being swept up fast. So if you're thinking about it, do it as soon as you can. Well, and certainly, you know, once our millions of listeners have heard your review, I'm sure that they'll just be off the market. So hurry up. I think one of the difficulties it will be is if you do actually go ahead and pick this guy up, you'll be so impressed that you'd probably have a hard time sticking with just one. You'll think, well, this guy's so good. And, you know, gee, that Berserker Predator, he, he looked really good. So I might, I might just pick him up so he's got someone to fight, you know, and then it just goes from there. And Yeah, I was going to say that the I'll just get one theory never works for me. So <laughs> No. No, and this series is addictive. Uh, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm, I'm going to continue. As long as they can come up with this level of quality for every figure, I'll just keep picking them up. That's it. Fantastic. Well, thank you for that rundown. It's good to – last week we covered a, a lower-end action figure, so it's great to look at something a bit higher-end and something quite unique as well. And so thanks yeah. for that, guys. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the things that we've added to our collections between the last podcast and this. Alien. Yo, Hicks, something big is in the air. It's the alien flying queen yeah. and her gruesome gorillas. Send in the ultimate space marine, Atax, disguised in his big, bad bug suit. He sneaks in and takes him out. But the flying queen unmasks him. Yeah. Send in Hicks and the heavily armored evac fighter. Send in the Marines. Blast them. Yeah. And bottle them. And it's bye-bye bug. Each sold separately. Aliens. Feeding the Addiction is the section of the podcast where we take the time to check in with each other and discuss any new things that we've added to our collection since the last podcast or maybe anything that we have pre-ordered as well. So, Eli, I'm going to start with you. Anything new or about to be new in your collection this week? Uh, not a lot. Um, as usual, I've got a, a bunch of trades and hardcovers making their way to me, but um, I, have, I was having a look at um, the photos of um, that uh, the Marvel Legends, I think it's the Wave 1, the Iron Man Extremis um, figure from one of the guys on the forum. Um, and... Uh, I was actually thinking, geez, that actually looks pretty nice. I've got a got a couple of Iron Mans. It's well, you know how you've you've got a got a, a character that you end up amassing a few versions of. Yeah. Um, and you know, I was a big fan of this um, this storyline. I think it was the Warren Ellis Addy Granov. I think that's how you pronounce his name. That artwork um, and the poses that um, our our mate Raj 
got those got those into in the in his photos. Like, yeah, that looks like a great figure. But we, then uh, we definitely have some guys at the AFB forum who do a fantastic job of posing and photographing their action figures, don't we? Yeah, I mean, Raj is probably probably the better. Well, probably the best one, I reckon, for the time and effort he puts in and for mm. what he gets out of it as well. Um, it's something that I am not creative enough with. I don't think, <laughs> like, I, I, it's, I think it's partly just my kind of lack of fine motor skill, which my wife constantly tells me I, I have or, or, or don't have. But I, I, don't, I often don't succeed in trying to do kind of interesting poses and keeping a, an action figure actually standing. So I'm just happy if they're standing up and don't fall over while I'm uh, photographing them. But I, I have to take my hat off to people like that that can do that. It's not because you try and act out the poses first, do you, just to sort of find out if they're realistic. Oh, maybe that's it. Oh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I think that's Alex Ross's technique, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> I really don't want to be in the same boat as him. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I also read um, Michael Crawford's review of him, um, I think, just today or yesterday, and it seems like he... It, the, Iron Man is not really at the right scale for the rest of those figures. But then again, maybe I don't care because I'm not planning on getting a lot of the, the new Marvel Legends figures. Okay. So I don't know. I don't think I'm going to go to the ends of the worlds to get him, but he's definitely on my radar. Fantastic. Uh, ben, what about you? Anything new this week? Yeah, I picked up wave one of the Gears of War 3 figures from Nika. Gears of War 3 being based on the Gears of War 3 video game. Right. Um, these are significant for a couple of reasons. They have the new um, uh, the new sculpts from Nika. They have improved articulation, and if anyone's familiar with the old articulation, they really are considerably improved. Um, a lot more joints and cuts and that sort of thing. And uh, significant for a couple of reasons. They're, we've had variations of the same characters for a while now, but we've got some new characters this time around. We've got Anya. Who is actually a female cog soldier, so it's quite um, it's quite good getting her. That's uh, actually not a bad sculpt. There was a couple of issues with some of them sort of had the whole Marty Feldman eye thing going, but if you're lucky enough to get a good one, um, she really is quite a good-looking figure. And um, I need to uh, give a shout-out to Anthony, a.k.a. Jack Knight, uh, over in, in the U.S., who um, picked a couple up for me and... When he couldn't find one in particular at retail, he was kind enough to actually pick one up off of eBay and have it sent to him and then ship them over to me. Oh, so, wow, that's that's fantastic. Yeah, so I've got a great little story then attached to that figure now. So um, but It's one thing that has constantly struck me about um, the online community of collectors. I think that, um, you know, particularly our friends in the States, not just on our forum but on other message boards, um, there's so many fantastic guys out there that will help us out with stuff either that never gets released over here or, um, you know, is, is too difficult to get here on our own. But then even with our own, you know, community within Australia, um, the way that people look out for each other is something that's pretty special. It's definitely something that, you know, my wife not being a collector or really understanding it, it's something that has helped her to understand why I enjoy you know, my friendships and time on the forum so much when she sees kind of the the way that people help you out and sometimes the real link that they will go to to actually give you a hand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Um, anything else new for you this week, Ben? 
Uh, no, actually, that's uh, that's it for me. Okay. And Andy, what about you? Anything new for you? Nothing too much this week. A uh, bit of a quiet week on that front, but I'm actually down at Ben's at the moment. He took me to his uh, local comic shops today and uh, went through the old memory banks and loaded up on quite a number of trades that I'm missing. So it was a profitable day as far as books went, but as far as toys, nothing much. But um, it was actually nice to get into some comic shops again and spend some ridiculous amounts of time just going through everything in the place and boring the hell out of Ben. Absolutely. Uh, it was good. It was good. It's something I don't get to do often anymore, and it's good to see what I'm missing out on and have a bit of a look at uh, all the new stuff, like the, the new DC stuff and what have you, and decide that I don't want any of that and go back into the older stuff and fill, out, fill some gaps in my shelves, which are quite needy, really. So, well, yeah, just for me this week, no toys. Just one of those fun little side stories when uh, Andy and I were leaving the comic shop just as we were walking out the door. It started <laughs> pouring with rain, absolutely pouring, and we needed to get back to uh, where the rest of the family was, which was a couple of hundred metres away, and it was completely open, so we weren't prepared to run through the rain. And so we were sort of waiting for the rain to die down a little bit, and we just, we, we just couldn't make a run for it. So we ended up going back into the comic shop, and when we finally caught up with the family, we were saying, look, sorry, we're late, but, you know, we had to go back to the comic shop. It started raining so heavy, we had no choice but to go back to the comic <laughs> shop. And, oh, yes, yes, I'm sure you did. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, we had to. We got stuck at the comic shop. <laughs> well, Ben's stomping grounds used to be my stomping grounds as well, and Ben's comic shop used to be mine too, so I'm jealous that you got to go in and, and have a look around, Andy. They're, they're lovely people. They are indeed. They are indeed. I got a couple of new things this week. You know, I really have moved towards primarily collecting statues, and I got a couple of um, new Bowen Design statues from Big Bad Toy Store, being the Jocasta and Polaris statues. Um, I was a little nervous about these. I've been collecting pretty much everything full-size statue-wise that's either X-Men or Avengers-related, so these two were must-haves. Um, Jocasta in particular you know, is a much more of an obscure character, the kind that you, know, you can still count on Bowen to do, whereas you won't see it from a lot of other companies. Um, and uh, I really love the Avengers run that Jocasta's from. But the, the sculptor that worked on both of these statues is one of the sculptors that Bowen uses that hasn't been my favorite. Um, <clears throat> not, not that he's not talented. It's a guy called Mike Cusinelli, but I have just had issues with some of his posing. He sculpts women beautifully and, and female characters beautifully, but I often feel like there's something a little bit lacking about the energy in some of his poses and a couple of busts that he, he's done have really not been up to, you know, what I would consider to be a great standard from Bowen. But I have to say that I'm really pleased with both of these statues. Um, Jocasta in particular is just perfect. Um, the, she really looks like she's just leapt right off the pages of a classic Avengers comic book. Um, she's chrome-plated as well, so there's that really fantastic shine, but it, it is just a, a stunning piece. And Polaris is excellent as well. It's a you know maybe a little bit of a issue with the pose, but there's still energy there, and it, it really is beautifully sculpted. Um, one, one thing that happens often with statues is that someone will get one and 
have an issue with it and get online and get everyone worried that they're going to have a problem with theirs. And that happened with the the Polaris figure. Um, she comes separate from the base and comes with a peg in her foot to go into the base. And someone put a, a photo up at another forum, you know, saying, oh, mine's crooked. She doesn't, you know, stand properly. This is a problem. Had all these people freaking out. I tend not to worry about those things. I just had to go. Once I got mine together, it was pretty obvious that the, the guy had put his statue on the base backwards. Um, so when you actually put her on the right way, she sits perfectly on the base. And uh, beautiful sculpt, beautiful paint job. So I'm really happy with both of those. And then I got a, a surprise today. I went to my um, local comic shop here in Melbourne, All-Star, All-Star Comics, who are you know, just fantastic guys. And I got my comics, a couple of trades, and then I was sitting there chatting with them, as I do, and I noticed behind the counter that there was a DC Direct Swamp Thing bust. And I commented on it and said, oh, is that new? I, you know, had kind of forgotten that that was coming out. And they were like, yeah, yeah, it is new. And then I kind of looked at it for a moment and I said, um, did I order that? And they looked at it and said, oh, yeah, yeah, I think you did. Actually, yes, that's yours. So... Um, I had a, I had a near miss a couple of weeks ago because Ben had a, a DC Direct Swamp Thing statue that he was selling that I, I didn't get in quickly enough for, and now I'm glad that I missed out on it because I have a, a Swamp Thing bust, and it's actually a really nice um, bust. It's you know, the, the busts these days seem to be um, you know almost statues. It's kind of cut off below the waist, and there's quite a, a base to it as well. It's very detailed. Um, it's part of the, the Heroes of the DC Universe bus line, which is still going from DC Direct. And um, it's, it says it's based on a Gary Frank design. I can't, you know, he, he's got quite a distinctive style with a lot of characters, but I can't say that I see anything particularly Gary Frank about it because it's, it's Swamp Thing. Um, but it, it's done by one of my favorite DC Direct sculptors, who is Jean Saint Jean, and he's just done a fantastic job. So that was a a surprise addition, but I'm really pleased that I got a hold of it and definitely will be taking some photographs of that and getting a review up in in good time. Anything else from anyone new this week before we move on? That's all from me. Same here. All good. All good. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> well, that wraps up Toy of the Week. Then when we return, we're going to give out a new red card to something that didn't make the grade in the action figure world this week. What is this bizarro world? All right, it's time to hand out another red card on the AFB podcast. This is actually one of the segments from our first episode that got... Uh, a number of positive comments and responses, something a bit different. Just for, uh, to repeat again, red card is a soccer term or football, if you know it by its proper name. When you get uh, your final uh, warning and get thrown off the field in soccer, you get a red card. And we're giving out red cards here for things that we don't think fly. And Ben, once again, has nominated something for a red card this week. So over to you, Ben. Yeah, thanks, Scott. Um, for those people who know me, they'll know that I'm quite the pessimist and I'm, I'm more than happy to point out where I think there are fail moments. No yeah. way. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. It doesn't come across on the forum, does it? No, not at all. Yeah, yeah. Just once you get to know me, though. But uh, look, 
There's one that got me this week and, you know, I'm trying my hardest not to let go a string of expletives that'll get us the explicit tag on iTunes, but... Now, Ben, 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 we've got the explicit tag and I'm going to say it right now, it's shit. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent, excellent. Okay, well, then I'm just going to go for it. What the fuck were Mattel thinking? Honestly, the the announcement of the DC Universe Classics two-pack of Hal Jordan and Kyle Rayner, where they feature Hal Jordan in the uh, Sinestro Corps' yellow outfit and Kyle Rayner in the the Blue Lantern outfit. And I just, I couldn't believe it. Uh, For myself, I've submitted a few questions to the Ask Maddie, asking if we were going to get any more two-packs through Maddie Collector and for the foreseeable future... We weren't getting any yet. This one's obviously going to retail. Yeah. And I just, I don't get it. I really don't. Um, given the colossal failure of the, the rain blow wave of DC Universe Classics, where we got all the variations of characters in their, their lantern uh, regalia, uh, why they would go with something like this? I mean, Hal Jordan was a yellow lantern for about four seconds, and uh, I just, I don't get it. Uh, of all the two... I think you know they they have said pretty clearly that the two packs at retail are not for collectors, um, but even so, to me, you know this is just so uninspired and unimaginative. And you know I think that there would be ways of putting together stuff in a in a two pack for retail that would sell to the you know the mums you know that are buying things for their kids that could actually also mean something to the collectors but you know this to me does just looks you know like the the same uninspired rubbish that we've had so much of but you know it must be selling it must be selling for them to for them to keep making so much of it i would love to think that there are mums and kids buying this stuff because that's the only way i can feel any sort of good about it it's, uh, Honestly, the only way I, I can see them selling is when they clearance out the customizers. <laughs> I, I can't see any other sales. Yeah. I can't see Mum buying those for Junior because she wouldn't know what the hell they are. No, th- those two packs as well. I mean, I don't know what they retail for in the states, but to me, they're too expensive to be the kind of thing that someone's just going to pick up on spec anyway. You know, I mean, when we get when we do get them at Toys R Us in Australia, they go for about sixty dollars. Um, I know they're not that that much in the states, but I still don't think that they're at a price point in the states where they're likely to be a, you know, a, a what the hell kind of purchase for, you know, a parent when a kid's asking for a toy because they would just say, look, no, that's too that's too much. You can get, you know, four GI Joes or whatever for half the price. Yeah, look, I think the only way they could have made this more attractive to to collectors was to basically uh, include constructs. Um, we've certainly seen some amazing constructs in sets in the past. The Hal Jordan Sinestro 2-pack comes to mind, and why they didn't recast those into the assorted colours for this 2-pack, uh, I don't know, because that probably would have made it that little bit more attractive. But on the flip side, uh, I have to say thanks very much, Mattel, for making the Blue Lantern Kyle Rayner because that figure will be such a failure that I'll be picking them up off eBay from those Hong Kong sellers for about five, $6 each, <laughs> and they'll be going straight into my customising drawer. It's a, you know, if you take the line of their line of logic that, you know, this is for, you know, people who just pick up something recognisable um, to buy for their kid, um it, Yellow Hal and blue Kyle isn't recognizable. 
there's no green lantern in there you know it's not it's not something that someone who doesn't know anything about this stuff is likely to pick up and if if you follow that line of logic you could actually give us other green lanterns that we we've never seen before that would be just as recognizable to a, a mum and dad shopping who doesn't know the characters as these are so i think it's a very deserved red card this week great that's definitely all right well, so say us. If you have any nominations for future red cards, please don't hesitate to send them in to us, and we'll give you all the details at the end. We'll be right back with our feature discussion. And now you can build your own King Kong with these challenging King Kong model kits. You need no glue, no special tools. Just snap together and paint it, and you have a realistic model of Kong fighting the giant snake. Each week we end the podcast with a discussion topic, and this week, our question is, are you out as a collector? Geek and comic culture has definitely become a more prevalent and socially acceptable interest in the last decade or so, but not everybody can understand or appreciate the hobby of comic and toy collecting, especially when it comes to the extreme some of us go to with our collections. Since Action Figure Blues is all about the collector's journey, we thought it might be interesting to talk about how open we are as collectors about our hobby, habits, interests, and perhaps share any experiences that we've had, either positive or negative, about sharing our hobby with the people around us. So, guys, I'm putting it out there. Are you out as a collector? We are now. We've just put it on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the end. Thank you, everyone. That was a great discussion. We'll be Good back in a moment. Week. Enjoy the veal. <laughs> and we were worried about running over time. <laughs> okay, so if you think... Um, uh, you know, in just like you know, your general life with people that don't share the same interests as you, how well known is it that you're a geek? I'll go first. Um, I I don't publicise it. Um, people I work with, they know I. You know, I, I I get regular deliveries to work. You know, books and figures occasionally, and I've got um, I've got a few green men on my desk, like you know the uh, DC. UC Swamp Thing and the Marvel Engines Fin Fang Foom and a couple of other bits and pieces. Oh, well, that's a pretty big green man to have on your desk, yeah. Fin Fang Foom. It's not exactly <laughs> discreet. <laughs> yeah, they're not subtle, but, uh, yeah, no, they're kind of interesting in themselves. Um, uh, you know, people know at work. Um, I don't really talk about it to, you know, clients or anything, <laughs> um, but I don't hide it as such. So it's like, oh, I'm not going to you know, make a big deal of it, but um, I'm not going to actually hide the fact that that, um, that, uh, that I am into that sort of subculture. Hmm. Somebody yeah. else? Um, look, I, I, I don't really care what people think of me, so I, I'm loud and proud. I walk around with my comic book T-shirts uh, on the weekends and that sort of thing. Uh, unfortunately, during the, the working day, I tend to uh, dress up a little bit. But we do have casual Fridays where I turn up in my comic book T-shirts and people often ask me questions. Um, one of the reasons I don't often tell people that I collect comic books is because of the really dumb and generic questions you get that come with it. So as soon as you mention you collect comic books, invariably the first question you get is, do you have any that are worth a lot of money? Yes. <laughs> you know, whether I do or don't, I'm not about to tell you about it. So, um, you know. Yeah, I'm sitting on a gold mine. <laughs> well, that's exactly right. That, that's why I'm doing this job. <laughs> yeah, so I always come back with the, well, you know, value is a relative term. I mean, supply and demand and that sort of thing. But 
So, look, I tell people I collect comic books uh, and and sort of try to leave it at that. I don't get into detail. Like Eli, uh, I'm a desk jockey and I have bits and pieces on my desk that sort of certainly make it obvious that I have a, a passion for such pop culture, you know, items. Um, but no, I don't go out of my way to hide it. I'm not one of those people who picks up my comics each week and sneaks them into a brown paper bag and then, you know, dashes to the car. <laughs> what so, about you, Andy? No, I'm pretty much the same. I um, it's it's no big secret, but I don't go announcing it. I'm not. I'm working a very um, classic sort of male-oriented, big, buffy, tough guy sort of industry. Uh, but I don't keep a secret. That's, and, that's line dancing, isn't it? Yeah, that's exactly. Right, yeah, yeah, okay. Just just checking. Line dancing in tutus. Okay, yeah. <laughs> good, good. Um, but enough of that. Sorry. <laughs> no, but um, I don't keep it a secret. There's, there are people know, and often people want to talk about the latest movie, and I start regaling them with information. So, well, how do you know that? I say, well, I read the comics and I collect the toys, and oh, okay. And most people are quite fascinated when you reveal it to them. A few people look like you're a bit weird, but no matter what you do, you're going to get that. But um, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's true. Yes, but, it is. Yep. You know. Um, it's, it's it's no big secret, and I really don't care what other people think. Same as the others, and you know, I don't I don't see a reason to hide it. I don't use it as a confrontational tool or anything. But um, you know, I love it. It's what I do. So you know, accept it or move on. Yeah, I am. Um, I work in a, a a suit and tie job, and so I don't. Uh, I don't have a lot of gear, but I do. If you walked into my office at work, you would have absolutely no uh, confusion about what I like because I've got quite a bit of stuff around. Um, I work in a in a job that involves working with adults, but also with impressionable young minds, um, and it can be a, a great um, kind of discussion starter, or sometimes you know a bit a bit of an icebreaker if you're dealing with somebody who maybe is uh, you know having a bit of a bad time or in in a bit of a, a bad mood, and um, I, you know I think because. It certainly not doesn't define who I am. I don't need people to know, but it does come up because you know you share things and you know talk talk about what you're interested in. And and I have found people overwhelmingly to be you know pretty interested in it, or at least think it you know it's cool even if they don't understand it. If you come to my house, you can't help but know because when you walk in, you walk into my display, and I've got. Um, you know, kind of the classic set of IKEA um, furniture with my statues on display, and uh, you know, like Ben, the most common question I get from people who don't know it is, "So, uh, which one of these would you say is worth the most money?" Uh, which is, you know, not not how I think about them at all. But you know, often people will come in and be really fascinated by it. I do have a pretty big display, and, and it, you know, I think I think I've got it looking pretty nice at the moment and you know it's, it's kind of developed some interesting discussions with people where then they'll say oh you know i used to have this or i used to like this or you know i remember that character occasionally you get people who cannot connect with it at all but they can still appreciate that it is um you know what you're passionate about and the whole reason i do this is to make you know my life a bit more well-rounded and hopefully me more well-rounded so it doesn't bother me what people think um I guess here's a question for you. Have you ever uh, felt, I don't know if 
you know, discriminated against is the right word, but felt like somebody, you know, treated you differently or negatively because of your hobby? Uh, I, 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 I remember revealing to one friend once uh, quite some years back that I was a collector and I actually, it was a friend I actually thought quite a lot of and I actually took him into my old collection room and, and I said, oh, this is what I'm into, this is what I do and he just said, he just basically said, "You're a freak." <laughs> I said, "I said, are you are you uh, pulling my leg?" He says, "No, I can't believe you collect this kid stuff." And I said, "Well, obviously, um, you know, we're not as close as I thought we were. I mean, so that was a bit disappointing, but I don't think I've ever copped any other negativity at all." Oh, I don't know. For me personally, I tend to tune out when a lot of people talk, so. Um... For all I know, I've been insulted any number of times and uh, I just don't pay much attention because I just don't care what I'm No, I no, saying. I didn't mean about the way that we treat you all the time. I meant about people in the outside world, Ben. Sorry, were you saying something, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I actually find uh, it quite often that it, it, it has the opposite effect. Uh, I, I find people show a bit of interest. Uh, I think, as you mentioned, because it is more socially acceptable, uh, people show you know something of an interest uh, quite often We'll, we'll have people over to our house and they'll say, oh, wow, you know, this is, uh, this is amazing, all these, you know, these comic statues and that sort of thing. And my wife will actually say, oh, yeah, you know, he picked this one up here and there's a story that goes with this one. And they'll say, oh, so do you know all the names? And she'll say, well, yeah, actually. And she'll point to the Bowen Sabretooth statue and say, well, that's Sabretooth. You know, he's Wolverine's mortal enemy. And I'm just sitting there in awe going, gosh, I love this woman. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Eli? Uh, yeah, no, not really. I don't have anything interesting like that to sort of report back on people reacting to my, my stuff. No. <laughs> I've had kind of one weird experience. This was just very recently, actually. Um, I mentioned before I go to All Star Comics uh, in Melbourne, um, which is up on Lonsdale Street, and it is on the first floor of a building that otherwise is offices. You have Did to they take... pay for this plug, Scott? Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's just to give just to give context. Um, that you have to go in a lift and you walk out of the lift into the comic shop, and there are three, two or three floors of um, offices above it. And I had an experience once last year where, you know, I mentioned before, I, I wear a, a suit and tie to work every day. I'd been in after work to pick up my um, stash and finish chatting, and the elevator opened, and there was a guy. Uh, and a few women in business suits there. The guy was at the front and he was on his mobile phone gesticulating madly at, at me like he didn't want me to get in the lift. And I was confused. I was chatting, partly chatting to the, the people that were in the shop. Um, but then the other people said, oh, there's room, come on in. And the guy got all huffy and he's still on his mobile phone after the lift door closed and he says to the person on the mobile phone oh we just had to stop to let some comic book person in the lift (laughs) and and i was actually dressed better than him i would just like to point out (laughs) i was just standing there and i was like some comic book person like what's that that to mean i think it's actually more an issue of that they don't like sharing the building with you know, a comic book story. And when I mentioned it to the guys at All-Star, I wasn't bothered at all. I thought it was hilarious. But they, they were furious because they'd had a few issues with that. But I thought it was such an interesting thing to kind of just, you know, speak so 
derisively about something that you don't know anyone about anything about and to kind of lump people into you know comic book people like i said it didn't actually bother me at all i thought it just spoke badly of him but it was a kind of an interesting thing to think wow like you know this is it was 2011 that you know people still have that kind of a lack of understanding it's like you know someone saying to you andy you know you're a freak because you collect this kid stuff um it's just kind of not understanding that hey you know we people have hobbies and some people have this interest and it may not you know i can i can appreciate stuff that i don't like or understand at all but if someone else likes it well you know great everyone should be able to have their difference Here's the reverse question then. Have you ever had a time where it's, you know, come in unexpectedly handy or you've had some really positive experience come out of it um, because because you've had that interest? Uh, well, I work in a creative agency, so we do a bunch of um, uh, design and web type of stuff. And um, my customising skills actually came in handy one day because they were trying to take a, a, a photo of um, a stethoscope and when you buy a new stethoscope it comes presented in a way where the, you know, the actual, the black um, cord, whatever it is, is sort of looped around a, a, a pin and it's got a bit of a kink in it. And so the um, the account manager who was managing this thing had ordered one and it turned up and it's got this kink in it and go, oh, no, this kink is, this, we can't do this. I can't get the kink out. It needs to be perfectly smooth. And I didn't know this was going on. They went and ordered another one, got a courier to bring it in. I'm going, what are you trying to do? And they explained it to me and I said, just put it in some friggin' hot water. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Nailed it. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. Very cool. Guys, what about you? Oh, look, I, I honestly think um, the, the people that you meet uh, with the same interests, uh, a lot of my friends at the moment are people that I've met through comic shops and the like. Um, Tyrock, who's a, a member of AFB, I've known for uh, almost 20 years now because we met in a comic book store uh, and just got along really well. Uh, and, you know, the, the proof really is in, in the pudding this evening because, um, you know, Andy and I are sitting in my living room and, uh, you know, he's in, in my hometown visiting and, and staying with us. And, you know, we've had a great time the, the last couple of days. So, yeah, I think that's about as positive as it gets. Even sometimes, you know, you might strike up a friendship with someone that you buy things from on eBay, mightn't you, Ben? Well, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, it hasn't happened to me yet. (laughs) (laughs) That's how Ben and I (laughs) met. Thanks, Ben. (laughs) And every single comment from mine tonight will be edited out of the podcast. (laughs) I'll be unexplicably absent. That's right. I'm going to dub you over with a smurf or something just to make you sound really good. Uh, That's how Ben and I met, you know, in person many years ago because I sold some things on eBay and I got this email from this guy saying, oh, you know, I live locally. Can I pick them up in person? And then he ended up making quite a few visits to my house and terrifying my little children, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> just because he happens to be a very tall man, so. <laughs> Spice. Um, I've had a couple of, you know, experiences uh, at work where, you know, a, a working relationship has maybe been a little bit challenging or difficult, 
and the discovery of that common interest has helped to break the ice or give you something else to talk about which helps you to to connect with people um you know where, where it's come in handy like i said you know I, do, I work with kids and um it's been fantastically handy in in those sort of situations where you've got something you know in, in common to talk about um particularly sometimes you know if you've got a talk to a kid about something that can be difficult or sensitive to uh, have something to break the ice with or um, you know get them chatting about something that they like you know it's actually come in handy for me quite a few times and and, and even sometimes with people that you don't don't know I think that you know I've had the opportunity to kind of maybe just you know talk a bit and express a bit more of myself and maybe fast track that getting to know your process because you've got this really particular interest that's you know, fascinating and, and worth talking about. So it's really, you know, it's definitely only been a, a positive for me. Well, it's good. <laughs> that should be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, blah. <laughs> well, no, look, I, I think it's kind <laughs> of hard to refute when you, you look at uh, the the proof in the... Um, in the movie industry, we're getting all these superhero films and, you know, they're taking extraordinary amounts of money at the box office. Um, so it's pretty hard to say, oh, look, I, you know, superheroes are dumb or, or superheroes no. are boring or, or why would you have an interest in superheroes when, you know, movies like The Dark Knight and, and Spider-Man are, are taking sort of half a billion dollars. Mm. Yeah, having your... Aquaman as your favourite superhero is still a bit of a hard sell, but that's another... I think you've got an Aquaman film long before there's a Firestorm film. <laughs> yeah, I reckon. Yeah, Don't even mention Martian Manhunter. No, that's right. I, I think that um, the prevalence of the the movies and movie merchandise has made um, you know a lot more... created much more awareness of... Um, the genre and the characters out there and you know it's it's not an uncommon thing to see people in a superman or a batman t-shirt it doesn't necessarily mean that they're a collector or that they know much about it but it does mean that anything that you know you or i might wear you know or or do doesn't you know stand out as much so it probably is a an easier time to be a collector in that sense anything speaking else? of speaking of t-shirts that people wear and people don't really know what they mean or link to, you know the um, the I love New York T-shirts. Yeah. The um, that, that I love New, the same designer designed the old DC Bullet logo. Really? There you go. Yeah. Mm. Better Ooh, better yeah. designer than whoever designed the new DC logo, but that's a yeah. So wow. another segment. Relevant trivia. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say that new DC logo is growing on me a little bit, but I still don't like it. <laughs> I just want to see it in context now. Yeah. I noticed they slipped it into one of the ads in the um, the latest issues, issue number six for a, a few of them. Um, it was on that, I don't know, Heroes Initiative thing, and um, it was in the bottom corner. But they sort of did it a bit weird. The logo peels and then the page was peeling as well, and it was a bit of a odd application of it. Yeah. That is weird indeed. All right, anything else to add to our discussion topic before we press on? Oh, I think we've gotten pretty personal. Yeah, we've done well. Done well. More caring and sharing here on the Action Figure Blues podcast. It's very touching. Uh, we will be back in a moment with some feedback and a means to contact us if you would like to. 
Now, before we finish up tonight, we have a bit of feedback from the first episode to share. Um, we really must say thanks to again to everyone who left us comments, either on the AFB forum, other message boards, or even a couple of people that have um, taken the time to comment and rate us at iTunes. It's greatly appreciated, um, and we really appreciate your support. Lots of messages just saying, great job, guys, really enjoying it. You know, fantastic. Thank you so much for that. If you do want to give us some feedback, you can email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com, and if we like your feedback, or maybe even if we don't, we might read it out on the air. Um, now, just before we move on to the feedback, just a couple of things that we want to follow up from last week. Um, one thing that I mentioned in the news section was the issues that I was having with um, my Masters of the Universe Club Eternia subscription, um, logging into the new My Subscription section and finding that my subscription was cancelled and back and forthing with Digital River. Um, just to, to give some follow-up on that, I, I decided to um, take my case right to uh, Scott Neatlick or toy guru as we call him um i do have his email address because we do the ask maddie questions i wasn't actually taking it to him expecting him to sort out my subscription but i detailed for him um the experience that i'd had partly in, re in response to an answer that we'd had to a maddie q a about it which to me was a bit dismissive about you know what the issues were and uh i put out my case just to say look you know you need to know that there are people out there that really want to actually collect and buy your products that are having to work this hard to do it and still not being able to do it and really anything else that you are doing is is pretty pointless if we can't actually get the product in hand so you know would you please take it on board and i have to give the guy credit he actually did um personally make sure that my subscription issues got sorted out and pass that back on to me. So, you know, I, I did say to him again, look, thanks. You know, that wasn't why I was contacting you. I really do appreciate it. I hope you take the message, but I do have to give him a pat on the back just to say, you know, like, thanks for doing that. And also just follow up to listeners that I still am going to be collecting club attorney. I still have a subscription. So thank you, toy guru. Um, now, Andy, you've got a piece of feedback from the AFB forum to read out, haven't you? Indeed, I have. We got a message from um, Tom from Argentina. He's uh, he posts his um, Freak Studio at AFB at the forum there, and he runs a blog under the same name, Freak Studio, which you guys should check out. It's a great blog. It is indeed. He's a very funny man, actually, very clever, well worth the time. Anyway, he he wrote to us. First of all, he put, I was mentioned in the first podcast, Woohoo, I Rock. So he's very excited. <laughs> you about do, it. Tom. You do rock. You he do. does rock. Yeah. He does rock. He rocks with an accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were going to try and read this message out, like, you know, sounding like Speedy Gonzalez, because, you know, that wouldn't be stereotypical or anything. No, no. no. Not at all. Mm. Anyway. I think that character was Mexican. <laughs> well, yeah, Spanish okay, thing okay. happening, well, and you know, I can't think of any Argentinian. Characters. That's the whole point of racial stereotypes, though, is that you know they're wrong. <laughs> I've actually met Tom, so you know what I say is right. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I've seen a picture of him. <laughs> I, I've heard his voice. Anyway, okay, go go on, Andy, quick before we. <laughs> that, uh, it was very entertaining, guys. I liked your stories and your input on the Colossus figure. Also liked the red-carded section. 
My suggestion is to add on the post of the podcast some links so that people can see pictures of the toys you talk about. That way, when you say a choice of colour is better than the other, we can see it too. He also said, and just to clarify about Demo Man, <laughs> you are both correct. Demo Yay. was originally the main bad guy when He-Man was Conan or Vicol. And as an homage to that, it was also the name of the demon Hordak fused with Keldor to create Skeletor in the 200X cartoon. Excellent. I have so we... no idea what I just said, by the way. <laughs> That's okay. It, it was um, a point of discussion on the previous podcast, so I'm glad yeah, to know that. that. But I know nothing about Master Universe. <laughs> <laughs> and another thing, this one's for you, Scott. Yay. The 90s Robin that was in Young Justice was Tim Drake, not Jason Todd. Slap on that's, the wrist you. That's disgusting, Scott. Yeah. The rest of us must have just tuned out while you were talking because we should have put that up. That's I, right. That's look, right. I mean, I, I no, did not. Get later. <laughs> it, it, as soon as um, I read that on Tom's post, I realised, you know, that I, I knew I knew what I was talking about and I knew that I was talking about Tim Drake. I just said the wrong name. So thank you, Tom, for picking that up. We definitely do appreciate it. But wait, there's more. He also said, to sum up, I loved it and I can't wait to hear the next one. Well done to you all. Oh, thanks, Tom. Tom's actually someone that we definitely hope to chat to at some point on here. Um, he is a great guy and he's got a, an even more interesting perspective about being a quote-unquote international collector, um, being in Argentina. If we think that we've got it hard, um, you know, it's a much more challenging thing for him. So we do appreciate that, Tom. Thank you very much. Um, that brings us to the end of episode number two. Um, yeah. Yay. <laughs> we're, we're very glad because it's a great accomplishment, and we're also very glad because it's very late. <laughs> so, um, we do hope that you've enjoyed listening. Now, you can download this and other episodes of the podcast by going to actionfigureblues.com and clicking on the podcast tab. Um, and just to follow up on Tom's other comment there about uh, links and photos, other things we're talking about, we certainly do intend to do that. Um, we were just too lazy last time, or, or maybe too busy, um, but we, we will put those together. We realize that that is helpful, so hopefully by the time you hear this, we'll have a set of links for you to look at as well, and they'll be there at actionfigureblues.com under the podcast tab. You can also download this by subscribing to the podcast in iTunes, and if you do visit iTunes, we would really appreciate your positive ratings and reviews. They will help the podcast to be more visible and uh, more easily recommended to people, so that would be greatly appreciated. If you do make it over to actionfigureblues.com, then you might like to check out the reviews and the articles there, and you might also like to visit some of our sponsors, like Mike's Comics and Stuff, Big Bad Toy Store, and if you are in Australia, you'll be especially interested in popculture.com. They all help to keep the site running, and they all do a great job of delivering toys to us whenever we want them. Now, when we're not podcasting or blogging or doing other assorted hobby figure things, you can find us all at the Action Figure Blues Forum at afbforum.com. When I'm there, just to confuse you, I post under Andy. And Andy, what do you post under? I post under FB. That makes sense, doesn't it? And it Ben, does. <laughs> Ben, who are you on the AFB forum? Have you ever sex and pantsless fish milkshake? Uh-huh. And I, Eli... I agree with half of that at the moment. What, the pantsless? <laughs> <laughs> 
That, that's why we're keeping it an audio podcast, folks. So it's <laughs> it's only Andy that's getting the visuals tonight, and we can't we can't control that. Um, and Eli, <laughs> his eyes. Uh, and Eli, who are you at the the forum? Uh, posters, Dozy Muppet. What what is the origin of that name, by the way? I've always wanted to ask. Uh, it is an endearing term that um, several characters referred to each other in. Um, it was either it was one of the Guy Ritchie films, Lock, Stock, and Two Barrels, or um, Snatch, one of those ones. Um, and it was just a funny thing that I just stored away in the back of my brain until I signed up for a forum. <laughs> Cool. The thing, the things that we learn. Well, look, we would love to hear from you with any comments or suggestions for future toys of the week or red cards or discussion topics. And you can do that, as we said, by emailing podcast at actionfigureblues.com. You can join the AFB forum. You can tell us there. Um, we are also on Twitter at AFBlues. And you can also like the Action Figure Blues Facebook page and tell us on Facebook. We made it to the end. We made it with Ben and Andy being in the same place and they didn't kill each other or cancel each other out, uh, <laughs> as far as we know. And Eli stayed awake until the end as well, which is great. Did, did, didn't he? Is there? Yes. Excellent. Yeah. Good job. Just because it's late. Well done. Please come back next time and we look forward to seeing you then. Say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. You are listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number two, brought to you by actionfigureblues.com. I'm... uh, (laughs) Fail. What about you, Eli? Eli. Uh, I just had the volume off because I just had to go and do some business, so you're going to have to edit this bit out. <laughs> and a small break. Small break? Uh, no. Okay. What? Um, we were just talking. Small break going now. Oh, going now. To... Yep. You need a small break. <laughs> no, no. Stop talking. I'm going to talk. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, communication breakdown. Okay. okay. Uh, now. Now? Three, two, one. Each week we end the podcast with a feature discussion, and our topic this week is uh, something that I'm going to say again when I retake this and do it less shit. Okay. <laughs> you said uh, shit. I said shit. <laughs> I say it again, shit. Yeah. All right. yeah dear we've lost it now we did really well we did really well we didn't you know start getting punchy until after midnight so okay